Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Thank you, sir. May I have another? This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Studio C. Say, senor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, it's the middle of the week. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The National Guard. People know they exist, but they don't know who they are or what they do or how they do it. You think there that, are many misconceptions flying around. Do you think that made the difference all around the country last night? There's a lot more peaceful. There's a lot of National Guard around. Uh, yeah, and a lot of cops around, too. Yeah. Yeah. The wait and see has been replaced with, okay, we waited, we saw, we need you guys out there. Yeah. So, New York, famously, New York City, refusing these services of the National Guard. Uh, Bill de Blasio, the gigantic communist mayor, uh, talking about how uh, having strangers with loaded guns is, is a terrible idea. That was, uh, that in, you know, there are a number of misconceptions. Oh, yeah, well, there's a um, a high up in the New York Police Department that uh, spoke out yesterday. We'll play that a little bit later. Really angry with the governor. The governor may go completely the other direction in New York in terms of approval out of this deal. As uh, governor to Cuomo. Yeah. Interesting, because I know Cuomo's been fighting with de Blasio as well. But they've all said uh, bad things about the police, and uh, the police are, are feeling they're uh, being hung out to dry, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, uh, fairly peaceful in Los Angeles last night. A uh, little mayhem in Oakland, San Francisco, but we'll we'll catch up all on that. <laughs> little mayhem. That's every night. I need your um uh, medical opinion on this, or psychological oh. opinion, maybe. Great, Scott. So I uh, I woke up. You know how you're kind of sort of waking up, and you kind of become more aware of yourself and the world and everything. Right. right? Sure. And I uh, takes me a while. Well, I had I had a dream where I was partying hard, Ooh. like just like getting after it. Yeah, and I don't know. It was like a. It's very dim now, but like there was music and people, and I think there was water and lots, lots of drinking, obviously. Okay. And as I started to water like a lake or water to drink, uh, water like a lake or okay. a pool or something. Okay. I just have very a good, kinda... very good. A little fentanyl, maybe a little crack. <laughs> no, just drinking. Okay. I was always just a drinker, but anyway. So as I start to wake up before my alarm goes off, as I start to wake up, I realize, oh my god, why did you do this again? My head is just pounding. Oh, and I thought, geez, you're too old for this. You can't go that hard on a work night. What are you doing? I mean, right. I'm just my head is pounding. My head is still pounding. Wow. I feel so hungover. Oh, and what I'm trying to figure out is, is it some sort of psychological? I dreamed I partied and I and so my body gave me a hangover or or did I feel sick? Like I got an illness, a bug or something like that. And my filled in the dream right. to match how I felt. Right. What do you think happened there? I almost like choice B better. Would your brain do that? Your brain knows, oh, I have a headache. Uh, I don't feel good. And starts thinking, why might that be? Well, yeah, I know. I'll bet the jackass really got after it last night. 
You know, it was just like you said. It was the jackass. Half bad of brain. <laughs> yeah, take it easy on me, brain. Yeah, hey, hey. We're in this together. Yeah, like you're <laughs> so impressive. You've made a lot of bad choices, brain. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're one to lecture. Where do I start <laughs> on the list of bad decisions you've made, brain? Oh, boy. Remember that math test in sixth grade? That wasn't very impressive, was it? Hey, you remember that score? I do. 61! Laughing stock. That is my guess as to what happened, but that that is some advanced stuff. Well, I think I we've all know. had dreams where, like, we hear, I don't know, you, you hear some noise, and then you wake up and realize you are hearing a noise, right. and you incorporated it into your dream. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. We've all done that. So I yeah. think maybe I felt bad and I incorporated it into my dream. Uh, that is my guess. Difficult thing to study uh, in the lab, though, because you can't force people to have that sort of dream. <laughs> no, you can't. You I... can't force them to sleep in a lab for years and years till they have one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in China, that's what they do. Oh, boy. I have like one dream a year. Eh, it's a party dream. It's pretty good. No sex involved or anything. Yes. And then I wake up horribly hungover. Yeah, a good time with your friends. <laughs> Let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show before we talk about the news of the day. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. Uh, speaking of weirdness, though, maybe it's my body's trying to keep the little boy alive, but I've got this. I've been eating gummy bears. Uh, so oh. I know that it's kind of weird of of all things, but I've got this gummy bear craving. Wow. Been, yeah, I know. I it's gotta very admit, I've strange. never craved a gummy bear in my it, life. It's not the uh, sugar-free ones that give you the explosive uh, no, digestive No, no, I know. I'm well aware of those. Okay. But um, I, I'm not sure what. <laughs> Where the do you buy these, on. and what sort of disguise well, do you wear when you buy them? I was at some place, and I, you know, just grabbed a little handful. Oh, a handful of gummy bears wouldn't hurt. That ah, seems sanitary. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to a place. Scooping up hand raw handfuls of gummy bears. Shoving them in your mouth? What are you, a gummy like bear the, looter? Like it's the trail mix bin at the grocery store. Well, this is how I build my immune system. <laughs> and you're just wondering if this is okay. I, I suppose in reality, I mean, they're, they're a very childish shape and, uh, and, and, and you know, they're See, advertised to children. But in, in just in general, it's you know, different than eating any other... Sugary, no, I expected to be unhealthy. lectured by you, Jack. You know, being too childlike. And... Well, it is incredibly childish. I've never, I've never desired a gummy bear in my entire life, Ugh. ever. I don't think I've ever had one, and I've certainly never desired one. I'm afraid they'd pull out my dental work, which is a really <clears throat> old guy thing to say. <laughs> I like a caramel, but it might turn out pull out my dental work, so. <laughs> or a good butterscotch candy. <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I do think that there's one way to try to figure out how your dream thing manifests itself, and we need to make you have a dream about running a marathon and see if you wake up with sore legs. Ah, oh, that's and, a good uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Cause, and I also think it's a little bit unfair that you only get the negative aspects of the right? You, you woke up, you feel hungover. But you don't have the, well, at least I had a good time yeah, last night. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. worth it. Yeah, it was, you know, hey, may, maybe next time I got to think a little bit better. But no, you, you, you know that it was, it was fake fun, right? Cause that's what dreams are. They're just fake fun. And, uh, and, and but you, but you have real consequences. I don't think that's fair. Who mm. do we appeal? Indeed, I don't know. You should probably march. Hey, brain, that girl when you're about 20, those red flags, nothing. You didn't see any of those, right? But I was horny. She's waving these giant red flags like, Ooh. <laughs> and you just ignore it. So shut up, brain. Yeah, mind your own business. <laughs> uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is How Did It Get to Be Already? Wednesday, June the 3rd, the year 2020. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, here comes the show at 
Mark. I know you're all having a rough day. What with everyone here telling you you're bad at your jobs. Have you considered being good at your jobs? If not, you could find new jobs in retail or restaurants. I know how desperate Garcetti is to get Angelinos consuming again during a global pandemic. What is that? For some reason, an, an idea that is so bad it could have only been thought of by people who are not raised with the Internet, the L.A. Police Commission decided to do, uh, it's very akin to kind of city council meetings, right, where anybody can get two sure. minutes and they get to uh, air their grievances to the council. Well, they did this, but they did it oh, online. And it just turned into people taking two-minute turns roasting sessions. Uh, th- this guy's whole thing was actually pretty good and well done and clever and intelligent. Some of them were just expletive laves. The F U S my S. Do we have more of that? Uh, we, have the, we have the full thing to play later. Okay. And I, I've listened to the entirety thing maybe 15 times since yesterday. You, you don't wow. need the Internet to understand human nature. I'm, my dad told this story a lot when we were a kid that they had a teacher when he was young that said, I want you all to write down on a piece of paper what you think of me, because I really want to know. And he said she was actually crying by the end of the class. Oh, boy. (laughs) And not from joy? (laughs) No. Oh, this is so so sweet. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's what it was. Oh, boy. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's it's fine. Covers a lot of ground. Strong opinions. Strong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, check in across America. Is the protests, uh, you know, a little less violent and everything like that? All the problems still remain, obviously. Uh, that, that that ain't going away anytime soon. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As David French wrote in the dispatch yesterday, and he was in the military, um, you don't bring in the military, National Guard or whoever, uh, into these situations because you plan to crack heads. The idea is that the overwhelming presence will decrease the need for any sort of force. That's the goal. Exactly. Exactly. One of several uh, misconceptions. Bill de Blasio, the gigantic communist mayor of New York City, saying that they're not trained for this. They're soldiers and they're... They come in with their loaded guns and all. Well, I heard a colonel in the National Guard saying, number one, the vast majority of these guys are military policemen. They're trained for precisely this. Secondly, what we do mostly is support stuff so the cops can do the policing. So we'll be transport and logistics and the rest of it. So what the, the giant communist said is just full of misconceptions. <laughs> so there's a distinction between soldiers and military police? Yeah, there the, there are. Well, yeah, I mean, all military police are soldiers, not all right, soldiers right, right. are military police. Yeah, okay. my, my brother, because he did uh, military policing, he did security and stuff like that. You you know, you use pepper spray and nightsticks and handcuffs and all those things that you wouldn't <clears throat> just necessarily. And gentle persuasion. And gentle persuasion. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <clears throat> anyway, mailbag. <laughs> Today's freedom-loving quote of the day from noted small government pro-business conservative John F. Kennedy. You read any of Kennedy's speeches and letters and the rest of it? He is he is to the right of Donald Trump, no doubt. <clears throat> anyway, uh, the quote I should, uh, selected, and, and get ready to chuckle and roll your eyes, folks. The old chuckle and roll. The ignorance of one voter in a democracy impairs the security of all. 
Well, there's plenty of ignorance, John. Uh, the other thing, you know, although I, I would also ask the, the following provocative question. What if, uh, John F., after your untimely demise, the government becomes so vast and so powerful, it's impossible for any voter to comprehend it? That's ignorance. But it's a different sort of ignorance, isn't it? And what do we do about that? You know, the one I think about with the government being so large and there being so many rules and laws is I went in my lifetime from being an adult who believed you you need to follow all the laws. That's important part of being a citizen. And that's what I would teach my kids to. I pick and choose which laws I follow. There's right. plenty of laws, regulations, whatever that I ignore because they're stupid. Right. Um, and uh, when, once society goes that direction, you, you do you do lose a lot of power of your law. Stupid, outdated, wildly ideological. Take your pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would agree. I would agree. And and I'm not entirely comfortable with nope, I'm not being either. that way, but I am absolutely that way. Uh, moving on to the correspondence proper. Here's a nice note from RTB. Uh, guys, if we can save just one life, we must stop all the riots no matter what we have to do. Oh, interesting contrast with the COVID thing. Uh, so do I get my bumper sticker now? <laughs> oven yeah. mitts. We send you oven mitts in the mail. No, as always, as always, you have to balance one interest against another, one principle against another. I heard on the news driving in, this is the first time I've heard this out of a governor. It's amazing. The uh, governor of Utah said um, uh, they're opening back up. They're opening Utah back up uh, practically completely normally. And uh, <clears throat> and when asked a question about, you know, the virus coming back, and he said, I, uh, we've talked to people in our hospitals are perfectly equipped to take care of any resurgence. Mm-hmm. Making it about the hospitals and whether or not they have the capacity to deal with this. Oh, which the was, hospitals which again. Which was the original reason. But no governors talk about that now. No. Now it, it, it became making sure nobody gets the virus or certainly nobody dies from it. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the original intent. And, it, and literally, here, if we can save even one life, we need to stay shut down. And hearing a governor respond to the original intent of this unprecedented shutting down of business was uh, was something. Right. And that is something. The fact that it's something is something. Well, these are strange times. Greetings, gentlemen. Writes, uh, you can use the name, Chris. My brother lives and works in Manhattan. Just wanted to share some of the pics of the city He's, uh, he, uh, he sent me. Smashed uh, boarded windows. Um, he indicated that the rioters and looters are mixing in with the protesters, then breaking off at opportune times with getaway vehicles. He said they're very organized, and it's almost like they've scouted police movements and know exactly when to strike. God, I want to know more about this, whoever it is. I want to know more about this. Somebody needs to make a great documentary or something, because that's, that's fascinating stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, it's Santa Rosa, California. I actually watched the cell phone video. Somehow these guys commandeered a giant forklift. I mean, it was the biggest forklift I've ever seen. It was like... That's how they delivered the pallet of bricks. Well, probably, <laughs> but it was uh, huge with big rubber tires and stuff. And they used it to just utterly remove the entire entrance of a Best Buy. Just wipe the whole thing out. Yeah. Not just the doors, but like the windows above the doors and the frame and all of it. And and the it was barricaded with refrigerators and everything. Just tossed them aside and the looters ran in and started stealing. Wow. That's uh, that's yeah. something. Don't call them demonstrators, CNN. Let's see. Uh, Ryan from Houston writes, Dear Big Freedom and Old Simple Jack, Twitter is now just the new and improved comment section for news stories. 
I remember when there was a general consensus that the comment section had passed sports talk radio as the lowest form of communication. <laughs> but now it's migrated to Twitter. P.S. I'm sorry for whatever I did to not get my emails read anymore or blocked by Positive Sean on Twitter. You are all the best, and I'm sorry. You you blocked Ryan from Houston? Oh, I have no Probably. I'm ruthless with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so sure. what, what gets and, a person blocked on the Positive Show on Twitter? Feed? Uh, probably the thing that happens most often that is not on people's radars is if I, if I retweet or I quote tweet something that I think is interesting and somebody wants to push back or engage in a conversation with it and they don't remove the original poster of it, Right, so they don't just respond to me; they're responding to the other people that I've retweeted. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. To me, I'm like, yeah, you're you're just muddying the the conversation. Like, I I, I don't have uh-huh. time for that. You're embarrassed because most my perspective is this: you are embarrassing me in front of somebody that I like. You are now associating oh, I would me never think of that. with this response. Hmm. So somebody will read this response and see my handle attached to it. I'm like, I don't, right. I'd, I'd rather just Man, avoid that. It's your Twitter feed, you yeah. got to do whatever you want. Yeah, indeed. So right. if you want to engage with me, remove the original person, and I'll, I'll be much less likely to, to block you. That's an interesting point of view. Uh, uh, hmm. I mean, if I start a conversation, I don't mind seeing where it goes, personally. But anyway, uh, I don't. the emails, I don't know. Maybe they haven't been clever enough, Ryan, or I don't know. We get so many of them, I might not have seen them. Uh, Al Anonymous writes, if the widespread looting continues much longer, the looters may find themselves begging for police protection. I think that is a business owner who is fed up and, and ready to uh, turn the axe handle uh, on the, the looters. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And here's uh, Note Patrick expresses a question a number of people have had. With all these uh, riots and rallies and, and stuff, are we going to see a COVID explosion? I think we'll find out within about three weeks. Yeah, we'll know in a couple of weeks. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The NYPD and the mayor did not do their job last night. I believe that. Tell Andrew Cuomo to get out on the streets with us. Take a look at the cops that are out there. Cops that are bleeding to keep the city. I'm all caught up from this thing. We are out there on the streets doing our job. And the uh, NYPD police chief not happy with the governor of the state of New York for saying the cops didn't do their job. And he said, every one of us is bleeding. Literally, every one of us is bleeding. Wow. From uh, battling and being stuff thrown at us and this and that. And uh, shut up is what he said. (laughs) Shut up. By the way, a quick uh, correction. I said that the forklift incident at the Best Buy was in Santa Rosa, California. It was actually in Fairfield, uh, California. I've been personally monitoring all of the Best Buys. In America, it was a bulldozer in Santa Rosa. It was a giant forklift in Fairfield. But it was a theft of astonishing balls. Yeah, I'd say. And um, you can only get a forklift, drive it there, drive it in, and loot the place with a lot of time and planning, knowing that there's going to be very little resistance. Mm -hmm. And this forklift, just to clarify, you know those like big earth movers with the giant tires? Mm-hmm. Not like 10-foot-tall tires, but definitely you know four or five-foot-tall tires. It was one of those with a forklift on the front. It was amazing. It wasn't like a bobcat that you rent oh, to do no, some no. backyard. It, yeah. it was five times like the size. Like construction grade. Exactly, yeah, yeah. big time to, to lift a pallet of bricks. Interesting. Um, 
I don't know if I want to get into this or not. I got something controversial to get into. Oh, no. It's going to be on talk radio. Well, I'm fine with it, but it's going to be thick and deep and require thinking. And I'm so hungover today (laughs) from this dream I had where I was drinking. Right. Just to clarify, Jack does not drink. I haven't drank in uh, coming up on 14 years, I think. And uh, one thing I would tell you. Because I was talking about this uh, with a person out there. Um, uh, you might not know this if you are a drinker and you're hungover now and then. When I quit drinking, I realized a lot of a lot of hangovers is what you ate and how much sleep you got. Because mm. I can eat like a big greasy meal, not get much sleep. And I'm, I'm like, I'm 70% of a bad hangover. So oh. a lot of your hangover is the the activities you uh, mm-hmm. you know engaged in while drinking. Well, of course, that last 30% is really the... <laughs> Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> really makes the difference. Uh, as I've told you on a couple of occasions when I've given up the sauce for a week or several weeks or whatever, I'm really disappointed that when I wake up in the morning, I still feel pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that was when I quit drinking. I would say that ranked way high on the list of disappointments. One, I exercised less when I quit drinking for some reason. Oh, boy. But two, how bad I felt. I thought, yeah. oh, I'm going to feel so great. I'm no. going to leap out of bed, no. ready to accomplish wonders. <laughs> well, apparently. This is what I just feel like. Yeah. This is just being a human at my age. Darn it. <laughs> That's disappointing. It was nice when I could blame it on the, well, I shouldn't have drank so much. Otherwise, oh, I'd be a stupid idiot. You got to be cool. No, no. It's just, <laughs> that's your life. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. So this thick, chewy thing. Do I even get a hint? Does it have to do uh, with the, the recent unrest? I'll tease it. Uh, coming up, get in the Wall Street Journal opinion piece where somebody says the myth of systemic racism in the police department and backs it up with a load of statistics. It's getting a lot of attention today. All right. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, well, it's pretty good because it runs counter to the entire narrative of what's happening in the country right now. I have violence in general, um, murder in general, who kills whom by race. Really interesting. Yeah, well, it, some of those stats might be in this op-ed okay, that's uh, traveling around the country. Yeah. Um, kind of... A little bit similar to what I was just talking about with the uh, the mood of people and drinking and everything like that. There's another op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, and I've heard a number of people talk about this. How much of the unrest is due to the fact that we were all locked down for the last two and a half months? A spring that just kept getting compressed yeah. and compressed for a couple months. Yeah. I, I have run into virtually nobody who denies that the level of tension, stress, angst, and just kind of a boiling anger has risen during the whole COVID thing. Yeah. Everybody feels a cloud of stress. So, yeah, that's that's part of the stew. I don't know if it's the meat or the carrots, but it's, it's in there. Yeah, if you don't have it in your house, congratulations. But I know my two uh, younger kids and mom and dad all together in the same house doing nothing but the same thing every day for going on three months has, uh, has strained everything. Right. And uh, according to this article and psychiatrists and health professionals and that sort of thing, it's fairly common nationwide. And they think that contributed to the just explosion of people have a need to just like, I need to do something. I need to go on a trip. I need to whatever. I need to do something. But some people took it the direction of, you know, with a I was going to say excuse, but that I'll use reason mm-hmm. with a reason to hit the streets and uh, lash out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Well, in uh, in a few minutes on the show, Jack has his uh, editorial to read, which will certainly inflame the nation. Um, we'll uh, take a look at what the trends are with the uh, Chinese bat fever, uh, specifically in states that have been open for a significant length of time. For instance, Ohio, which has been fairly uh, liberally opened, their hospital uh, rates are not rising at all. They're not falling either. 
but they're low and they're fairly steady. They're not getting overwhelmed. Nobody's overwhelmed, yeah. and and actually, you have to work very hard to find any rising rates of of the bat fever anywhere. Now, I'm not saying it's over because it's still lurking about, but it is substantially calm. Well, how many of you been to a hospital in the last couple of months? I went. For, what did I go for? I went for some reason. Well, I actually went to the doctor. I took my son. I think. Anyway, it was like a ghost town. Mm. It was absolutely amazing. I've never been there where the parking lot was so empty. And there's just nobody anywhere except for the health professionals standing around waiting for something to do. Wow, that's just crazy. I'd go to the hospital in the blink of an eye if I had a reason to. Yeah. I hope not to have a reason to, by the way. <laughs> Lord, if would you're you, listening. Would you like a reason to? <laughs> oh, Lord, um, no. Hey, we got we got this text. So yesterday, I think I mentioned Trump said, oh, when he was talking to the governors, he called them jerks or whatever. Yeah. I thought that's a pretty good. You're going to look like jerks. That's a drop we got to get that we got to use. Looks like as... a bunch of jerks. <laughs> we got to use that. They're going to run over you. You're going to look like a bunch of jerks. But we got, I think it's from that same screed. We got this text. I'm not telling you all how to do your jobs. Usually that's followed by something I hate, but I like this. But have you considered being better at your jobs? Needs to be in the show somewhere. Doesn't Trump say that? No, that was from the, say something like that? That was from the L.A. Council thing this morning. Oh, that's oh, I know you're all having a rough day. What with everyone here telling you you're bad at your jobs? Have you considered being good at your jobs? <laughs> well, yeah, we do need to have that. That's good. That is good, my friend. Thank you for the suggestion. So how long did that uh, deal go on in Los Angeles? Uh, how long did the full stream yeah. go? A couple hours at least, really? I think. Yeah. And they thought it would let people vent. Uh, I got to yeah. believe they thought it was going to let people vent, not they'd come up with good ideas. They also, during that same time, they passed a budget, which people who are... Uh, making protests against the police have a problem with because of the amount of money that the police got in it. So there's some theories out there that this was a smokescreen so they could sneak the budget through, but mm. I don't really know what people could have done to stop the budget. But uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they thought it was a good idea as some sort of pressure release valve. Yeah. You know what the problem with the illogical is? You can't use logic to confront them. They'll come at you with some wackadoo conspiracy theory. Um, and I hate to use that phrase because it's used constantly these days to discredit perfectly reasonable things. Um, but the illogical cannot be reasoned with. It's very frustrating. And finally, this one text, because Michael brought it up earlier, because he said he's kind of addicted to gummy bears right now, which I wouldn't say out loud as a grown man, but he felt free to. Uh, of all the bears in existence, the gummy is the closest to coming to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> The most dangerous bear. If I die at the hand of a bear, it'll be the gummy bear. (laughs) That's pretty funny. So is it a myth that there's systemic racism in policing in America? Well, the Wall Street Journal opinion uh, page says, yes, it is, and they back it up with some statistics. You might want to stay tuned for that. Armstrong and Getty. So there's an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal today that a texter hipped us to. Appreciate that. Um, About the myth of systemic racism in policing in America, which is driving a lot of the protests and a lot of the commentary all day long, every day for years now. Barack Obama spoke about it. Uh, Joe Biden spoke about it. It gets uh, talked about. Over and over and over again. And uh, this woman who's written a book called The War on Police uh, wrote this. Agree or disagree. So, 
This charge of systemic police bias was wrong during the Obama years and remains so today. However sickening the video of Floyd's arrest, it isn't representative of the 375 million annual contacts that police officers have with civilians. That's a really large number. 375 million contacts between police and civilians every year. You know, this guy murdered a dude in the street. That I'm not denying that at all. Oh, yeah. But, uh, 100%. Uh, that is a lot of contacts that went okay, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, a solid body of evidence finds no structural bias in the criminal justice system with regard to arrest, prosecution, or sentencing. Wow, that runs, runs counter to everything I've heard my entire life. Crime and suspect behavior, not race, determine most police actions. In 2019, police officers fatally shot 1,004 people nationwide, most of whom were armed or otherwise dangerous. African Americans were about a quarter of those killed by cops last year. That's interesting. Well, on she went from fatally shot to killed by cops. Those are two different things. Um, I don't, maybe they'll become clear as I read on okay. here. I don't know. Uh, you could be right. I don't know. Um, a ratio that has remained stable since 2015. That share of black victims is less than what the black crime rate would predict since police shootings are a function of how often officers encounter armed and violent suspects. In 2018, the latest year for which such data has been published, African Americans made up 53% of known homicide offenders in the U.S. and commit about 60% of robberies, though they are 13% of the population. Um, I always think when I hear people say we need to have a discussion about race, and I always and my response to that now for like 20 years has been, I don't know what you what you mean by that. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what that means. What's what's the conversation you say that we're not having? Well. I- yeah, uh, but but if you're going to have the conversation, it's going to have to include the fact that black people commit way more crimes than other races mm-hmm. for the percentage of the population. And listen, if and you then, can, and you, then you can respond to that with all kinds right. of reasons of racism and uh, you know uh, the people, legacy the of slavery. CIA put crack in the neighborhoods or whatever you want to go with, but you do have to include those statistics. Legacy of slavery, that's a good one. Right, right. That's better than But mine. that would be a conversation. What people who say we need to have a conversation about race mean is I want to lecture you and and demand that you see it the way I see it. That's generally what they mean. I agree with you. I think we ought to have a conversation, a complete conversation. I don't know if we can. I was going to talk more about the Rush Limbaugh being on that uh, Charlemagne show. The the Breakfast Club. Breakfast yeah. Club, and that was an attempt to have a conversation between two of the biggest heavyweights in America. Uh, speaking for a lot of white Americans, speaking for a lot of black America. And I didn't listen to it, but I heard it described by a very fair journalistic outfit as it was listening to two people talk past each other for a very long time. It was almost impossible for them to find any, you know, and this is part of the problem. You can't find any points of agreement where you could even discuss because you see the world so completely differently. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you going to have a discussion um, when you can't come to any agreed-upon facts. Right. You can't stipulate anything to begin the discussion. Uh, Back to this. Um, In 2018, I'll reread this part in case you missed it. In 2018, the latest year for which uh, they have data, uh, African-Americans made up 53% of known homicide offenders in the U.S. and commit about 60% of robberies, though they are 13% of the population. The police fatally shot nine unarmed blacks and 19 unarmed whites in 2019. That's a number you don't hear very often. According to a Washington Post database, down from 38 and 32, respectively, in 2015. Boy, 2015 was a big year for that. 
Um, and they might all have been justified for all I know, but the Post defines unarmed broadly to include such cases as a suspect in Newark, New Jersey, who had a loaded handgun in his car during a police chase. In 2018, there were 7,407 black homicide victims. Assuming a comparable number of victims last year, those nine unarmed black victims of police shootings represent 0.1% of all African Americans killed in 2019. By contrast, a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male is to be killed by a police officer. It's an interesting stat. Uh, on Memorial Day weekend in Chicago alone, 10 African Americans were killed in drive-by shootings. Such routine violence has continued. A 72-year-old Chicago man shot in the face on May 29th by a gunman who fired about a dozen shots into a residence. Two 19-year-old women in the south side shot to death as they sat in a parked car a few hours earlier. A 16-year-old boy fatally stabbed with his own knife that same day. This past weekend, 80 Chicagoans were shot in drive-by shootings, 21 fatally. The victims overwhelmingly black. Police shootings are not the reason that blacks die of homicide at eight times the rate of whites and Hispanics combined. Criminal violence is. Mm -hmm. Um, The latest in a series of studies undercutting the claim of systemic police bias was published in August 2019 in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The researchers found that more frequently officers encounter violent suspects from any racial group, the greater the chance that a member of that group will be fatally shot by a police officer. Seems obvious. Yeah, that, that, no doubt about that. There is no significant, significant evidence of anti-black disparity and the likelihood of being fatally shot by police, they concluded. And obviously, I have, I have not looked into this organization or how they came up with any of those numbers. The, uh, the Academy of Science people? Yeah, but I don't, I, I mean, I don't know what they do. Science. You do? Well, I'm sure they do, but no, do they, they're do they have, very well known. That's if I all didn't I know. know what the, uh, the proceedings of the, if I didn't know what the Southern Poverty Law Center, whatever they are, were, fair enough, I wouldn't know what they were about. Yeah, I've I've heard, uh, I've never heard them called into question. Okay. I'll just say that. A 2015 Justice Department analysis of the Philadelphia Police Department found that white police officers were less likely than black or Hispanic officers to shoot unarmed black suspects. Research by Harvard found no evidence of racial discrimination in shootings. Any evidence to the contrary fails to take into account crime rates and civilian behavior before or during interactions with police. Yes, Sean? Oh, I was, uh, no, I was simply adjusting okay. my mic. No. Okay, thought you were raising your hand. Nope. You just bought a painting for $500,000. No, I can't afford that. Dang it, my nose just itched. <laughs> the false narrative of systemic police bias resulted in targeted killings of officers during the Obama presidency. The pattern may be repeating itself. Officers are being assaulted and shot at while trying to arrest gun suspect suspects or respond to the growing riots. Police precincts and courthouses have been destroyed with impunity, which will encourage more civilization-destroying violence. If the Ferguson effect of officers backing off law enforcement in minor, minority neighborhoods is reborn as a Minneapolis effect, the thousands of law-abiding African Americans who depend on the police for basic safety will once again be the victims. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I just saw a study that showed that uh, in the wake of anti-police demonstrations, the cops pulling back costs many lives, many multiples of lives, more than you know the original uh, gripe. Which is not to say that it's uh, police brutality is okay or overuse of force or that you shouldn't protest or shouldn't be mad or whatever. I mean, obviously that's a it's an issue. But yeah, the numbers aren't there. Quick note, um, the reporting of shootings, uh, et cetera, police use of force has not been required. It's been voluntary reporting mostly uh, up till now, but there's a giant new federal collection of that data. And so I think it's next year we'll have much more complete 
national data mm. on that sort of thing. Well, as a guy who's a big fan of statistics <clears throat> and the way they can be twisted to make your point sometimes, um, you know, I'm always looking for that sort of thing. And uh, one that stood out to me, and I'd have to think about this for a while, is that when, uh, when they say African-Americans made up 53% of known homicide offenders, if a lot of those are two gangbangers shooting each other, um, I don't know how that skews the statistics in terms of percentage of uh, people with guns shooting other people that get involved with the police. Right. Because there's just so much of that two gangbangers shooting each other that doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of us. Right. Right. I- including most black people, except right. uh, as in terms of innocent folks in those neighborhoods caught in the crossfire, et cetera. And there's tragedy after tragedy of that sort. Uh, as long as we're on the topic, I found this interesting. This is from the FBI's uh, homicide statistics by race. Uh, you know who white people kill? White people. The uh, Of the 3,315 uh, white people uh, murdered in 2018, um, 514 of the murderers were black, and o- almost 2,700 of them were white. On the other hand, black people killed a hell out of black people. Uh, almost as many black people murdered as white people in spite of being only 13% of the population, but the vast, 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 vast majority of people who kill black people are black people. It's uh, 2,600 out of 2,900, which is striking. I could give you the uh, the numbers on Eskimos, but I'm afraid we're out of time. Um, for goodness sakes, violence against Eskimos is never justified. Oh, yeah, a lot Inuit m- people. A lot more on the way. Our text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 